0: On this Ascension Sunday, our scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. As we prepare to read God's word this morning, let us join together seeking God's illuminating grace. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may your Holy Spirit rest upon us. Help us, O Lord, to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, in our believing, and in our living. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While standing with him, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times and the periods that the father has set by his own authority. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A little girl once asked her mother, mom, how did the human race begin? The mother answered, Well, God first made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and their children had children, and their children had children, and so on and so on. Now, wanting a second opinion about this important question, the little girl asked her father, Dad, how did the human race begin? Her father answered, many, many years ago, there were monkeys from which humans evolved. Now more confused than ever, the little girl asked her mom, Mom, how is it possible that you would tell me that God created the human race? And dad said that we developed from monkeys. The mom got down on her knee and looked her little daughter right in the eye and said, Well, dear, it's very, very simple. I told you about my side of the family, and your father told you about his. Now, today's lesson comes from the book of Acts. The book of Acts is not the story about how the human race began. But it is our story. It's the story of our family. It's the story of Jesus' family. Acts is the story of the church, the people of God, and the ascension of Jesus into heaven is the beginning of the story. There are two places in Scripture that Jesus' ascension into heaven appears in the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts. The accounts in Luke and in Acts include a few different details. Of course, we're used to that from reading the Gospels. Different witnesses notice different things, uh, and emphasize different points for different reasons about the very same events. But the same author, Luke, wrote both the accounts in his gospel and in the book of Acts. The differences in the accounts has a lot to do with the position of these accounts, of the ascension of Jesus in his text. The account in Luke's gospel caps the end. The end of the ministry of Jesus in this world. It's a time of blessing and farewell. But the account uh, in Acts is the beginning. It's the beginning of our part of the story. The beginning of a book that will... that will continue even beyond the pages that we know as the book of Acts. That story continues to be written today by every Christian who serves as a missionary, who welcomes and volunteers as ushers, sorts clothes or distributes food, teaches at a Sunday school for our children, or leads a small group for our youth or adults, or in so many other ways. The book of Acts is the second volume of a larger work that was written by Luke. In the Gospels, individuals from all walks of life are introduced to the life and the ministry of Jesus who travels throughout Palestine and then focuses on Jerusalem, where he is executed, but resurrected, and yes, ascended into heaven. The story of the good news in Acts, on the other hand, begins in Jerusalem and spreads throughout the Roman Empire until that time when Paul is as it comes to Rome, even though he is a prisoner, the gospel of Luke brings all to Jerusalem. In the book of Acts, we send that all we see that all are sent from Jerusalem out to the ends of the earth. The introduction to both books are addressed to Theophilus, who was perhaps a patron lending financial support to the writing of these works. It's clear that Acts was written by the biblical Luke, who appeared in in Paul's letters, but was also perhaps Paul's personal physician. In each case, Luke is writing to an influential and rich convert who is new To the faith. In Acts, Luke begins where he left off in his gospel with the ascension of Jesus. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we hear Jesus tell his apostles, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then to confirm this, while the apostles are staring up into the sky in awe and in wonder, two individuals, much like those that were in Jesus' empty tomb, tell the apostles that Jesus will return in the same manner in which he has left. The story of Jesus' family, our family, is com- is continued in the Book of Acts, and it's not one in which Jesus' people are just meet to gather and to worship Jesus and to remember what Jesus had done. No, their story continues the praise and the worship. It's certainly a a part of of what happens among Jesus' followers and what, what Luke reports on in the book of Acts. Jesus' family, though, in word and deed, go forth to the four corners of the world to take the message of Jesus to all the people, beginning in Jerusalem and then in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' followers, his family, follows his call to be his witnesses. But what is a witness? The apostle Paul tells us that some Christians are called to be apostles. Apostles some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. But in our lesson today, Jesus tells us all, all of us Christians, that we are called to be his witnesses. Witnesses are all called to share the good news. The word witness comes from the Greek word martyria. Now, martyria means to share what one has seen and heard. We can all do that by God's grace. Martyria has a juridical background, however. As an eyewitness, plays a decisive role in any trial. Her function is to tell the court exactly what has happened. That is, to testify to the truth and nothing but the truth. But at the same time, we are not so much called to just talk. We're not just called to talk about Jesus. Rather, we're called to participate in God's redemptive work through Jesus Christ, and to live as his family in this world. One of the things that I find so remarkable, remarkable about the story of Jesus' ascension is how Jesus' first disciples reacted to Jesus calling them to be his witnesses. There's no doubt that Jesus' disciples were wondering why he even had to leave. But Jesus tells them that it was a good thing for him to go. He was going to prepare a place for them. And his father's house had many rooms, he told them. And you can't come with me now, he says, but I will come back for you. But in the meantime, Jesus will send a special gift, a power source, the Holy Spirit who will prepare us and teach us and to make us ready for his return. And yes, empower us to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is, I believe, in our neighborhoods and in our country, in those places where it may not be be easy to go to share the good news of Jesus' love for all the world, and of course, to the entire world. According to Luke, Jesus' disciples received this news with joy. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy, Luke tells us, and they devoted themselves to prayer. I believe that this great joy was a deep, deep conviction that they were supremely loved by their Lord Jesus, and they wanted to love back in a way, in any way that they could, and live in the courage that Jesus was with them. Because even though he was ascended, he was still present to them. He's still present to you and to me. Now, those first disciples didn't have a specific plan, but they got ready for God's plan. The one that God had promised. They prepared for what God would do next as they commissioned Matthias as the 12th Apostle replacing Judas. They made preparation for something new and the promise coming of the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the new ways that they would witness to the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and yes, yes, even his ascension. Jesus' disciples knew then as Jesus ascended, That in one sense, Jesus leaves us, that that he is taken away into heaven. But in another sense, he is given to us and to them to go into the world in a new and more universal way. Amazingly, he will no longer be located only in one physical space to the exclusion of all others. Rather, wherever his disciples will be after his ascension and the coming of the Holy Spirit, now and forever, Jesus will be there as well when we reach out to him in heaven. And since Jesus' humanity is taken into heaven, our humanity belongs there too and is in a very real sense, already there with Jesus. In the ascension, Christ's glory is at once revealed, but yes, also concealed. And so is your and mine. Brothers and sisters, we too, are now in a ascension celebration moment, I believe. A special time. A special time. It's a moment that comes when we stop looking up to the sky and we start looking around for what God has for us to do. As Jesus Church, it's a moment when we discern what God is calling us to do next and not just return to our old ways of doing things. Yes, we are on a special, in a special time, a God time, a Kairos time. In Christ, you see, we can see that hope is alive and the light of Christ is breaking into the darkness of our world. It's the fullness of time, God's time. It's a time for us to look around and with the vision of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to look around and see how God is calling us to live and to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. God has something special for you. And for me, and we're called to accept this calling to be Jesus' witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for Jesus and his call upon our lives, his call to all of us to be his witnesses. Lord, help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to look around for those things that God is calling us to do, both as individuals and as his church called St. Stephen's. Lord, give us divine eyes, Jesus' eyes, to see clearly the people who are hurting, the places where there is need, where there is hopelessness, those places that, don't know the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, send us as your witnesses. Lord, give us the strength to open our hearts and our minds to the Holy Spirit working in us as individuals and as your church. Lord, send us out to Jerusalem, to Burke to Springfield, to Annandale, Alexandria, Fairfax, to Virginia, to the United States, and to all the world. As witnesses of Jesus, it is in his holy name we pray. Amen.